Good to see y'all. Um, so I have a, a blessed life moment for us to read, uh, something to share, just something to think about um, blessing, and especially in terms of uh, upcoming Christmas, right? Um, this will be the last uh, moment I give before Christmas. This, this is kind of my, uh, my Christmas message, I guess. So this morning, I'd like to start by asking you uh, a question. Uh, when you think about or imagine the manner in which God blesses you, what do you picture? Uh, for myself, uh, despite the fact that I come up and talk about blessing all the time, uh, one of the most readily available pictures I get is this, this sense that way up above me, far beyond the veil of sight, is, is heaven. Uh, and God sits up there. Uh, and He's leaned over maybe a little bit. Uh, he's got blessings in His hand, and, he, and He's watching me. Uh, and every now and again, He... He says, oh, yeah, and then he drops one down. There, gave him blessing. Uh, and while this might be sort of silly, uh, there's an aspect of that that is, is sort of built into our cultural understanding of God. Uh, he's up there. We're down here. And it takes those really, those obviously good circumstances to sort of give us a knock in the head and, and make us acknowledge, oh, yeah, for sure, God, God is good. He blesses me. Right, right, yeah. Uh, but are we always so convinced of it maybe the rest of the time? Uh, so this morning, I'd like to propose a different image to replace this flawed, separated feeling uh, we might get. And I like to do that using a Christmas scripture I'm sure we uh, are all familiar with. Uh, and it goes like this. So now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold... An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host, and they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So I'm not sure about you, but when I think about the gift of salvation, when I think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when I think about the manner in which God makes himself manifest in my life, I don't always picture the way he gave the gift of himself to the world. Now, I'm really no expert on this subject, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but typically, birth is really nothing like the way in which we politely exchange those physical gifts at Christmas time. Oh, thank you. Oh, this is just what I wanted. Why? How did you know? Um, those types of things. Um, birth, on, on the other hand, is, is violent, right? And it's messy, and it takes an amazing amount of effort and force. Uh, and when the gift is finally given and that baby is, is laid in his mother's arms, uh, there isn't a dry eye present. Uh, the effect is palpable. It can't help but change the atmosphere. A new presence is in that room. And that paints everything in a vastly different light because of that new addition. And so this is the picture I myself want to cultivate, I think, in my spirit when I think of God's blessing, especially this Christmas. It's not some object of affection that he is deigning to just toss down from on high down to me, but that he within me is in a state of, and maybe forgive this uh, phrasing, but birthing blessing. God and man are now sewn together, inseparable by the great work that he has done. 
That's why the angels could say that peace reigns over the world, that there is goodwill extended, or maybe better yet, bubbling up within each and every one of us. People want to continue to sort of sell this image that God and man are at war, that they are opposed to one another. But according to our gospel, the moment that this humble, beautiful gift was given, it was a foregone conclusion. And God's battle was already won. It's already done. So I guess what I'm saying is that this Christmas season, both for ourselves and for this blinded world around us, we need to hear this call of the angels to seek out the gift the babe in the manger of our hearts who's already there. And he's not some plastic doll all packaged up in religious cellophane, um, but he's real and he's alive. He's, he's wiggling, he's laughing, he's crying, and he loves us. <laughs> and he's nestled comfortably in the very center of our being. His blessing is part and parcel of who we are, and we can't help but change because of it um, and see our little world in a, a fresh newborn light in that uh, Bethlehem light, so to speak. So, Father, we just ask that this Christmas season, um, when we see those nativity scenes, um, we would think of the blessing of who you are in our lives, not just during the Christmas season, but every day, that that newborn light would be something that would be cultivated in us day after day, that would help us to go out and show that to the world, that you are real and alive. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Praise God. Okay, well, we have some announcements to share here before we go to our message today. Some of you may remember Jerry Finley. Uh, he passed away this last Monday, and a memorial service was held for him yesterday at the Olson Sports Funeral Home in Bemidji. And then I do have an update on Sandy Williamson from her daughter Jennifer. This was a text she texted back to me. Uh, she says, my mom is speaking more clearly. Sandy had had a stroke. Uh, and uh, saying she wants to put in the effort to get better. And she's making progress but needs prayer on what they should do for her concerning her heart. Uh, we do have a mailing address for Sandy on the bulletin board in the entry room there. If you would like to write her something, uh, send something. And then continued prayer for, for Art Glidden. He had surgery on his shoulder. There are others too. Glennis has been dealing with some pain issues in her back and... Uh, some of you may remember Vi Smith. Uh, she's been at the Havenwood Nursing Home for home for a while. She also had a stroke. So it's been one of those weeks of some challenging things going on in the with health and such. Uh, also had a call this week from Carla Mandrell and. She's with her mother in California. Her mother's name is Dee because uh, she's had some real health issues as well. And uh, she is on oxygen and was lighting a candle and caught herself on fire. And so, and so that was so traumatic, traumatic for Carla. Uh, so, and we... 
So we continue to lift up Sarah Mystic too for health and strength in her body. She's been having some health issues as well. So, and maybe others here too. But Lord, we just lift up these people before you and we look to you just like we've been singing about this morning, Lord, and the great salvation that you bring to us, which we know includes every aspect of our lives. But we do, we pray for our, our friends, our loved ones. Mom's softball battery mate, she was the catcher and the pitcher, Pat Tripp, uh, is it sounds like she's nearing her last days on the earth too and uh, so Lord we just lift up Pat Tripp and her family as well today there in Michigan in Jesus name Praise God. We have some announcements here um, in, in this month. If you have any baked goodies to share for our coffee times, we welcome you to bring those. Um, you can see different announcements here for the 9.30 time. And then Wednesdays, we are having prayer time here at church this Wednesday night. Um, Weather-related announcements, you can go to the Facebook page or get on the emailing list. Some upcoming events. The quilt sale is continuing. Um, next Sunday, we're having our annual Christmas story. We can see some. It's called The Mansion by Henry Van Dyke. And uh, it's going to be really good. Bring someone with you next Sunday. It's going to be a very good story. Uh, the place I, we originally found this story was in a compilation of Christmas stories by Joseph Wheeler. And he said it was, and he's read like hundreds of Christmas stories to compile the books that he has. He has like 20 volumes of Christmas stories. And he, this is like one of the top one or two that have had a spiritual impact on his life. And, and, uh, so come and bring someone with you. We'll also be having a Donna Maria. We'll be having a meal after the service next Sunday. That'll be great as well. So, yeah, we're having uh, Peter is going to be reading. Mark Quintassel. Are you Linnea? I'm not, Linnea is. Anybody else you know yet? Okay. And this will be the first time in like, Decades, a long time, I won't say, I'm not sure how many years that I am actually going to sit there and I get to see the pictures and, and uh, listen to the story. <laughs> so that's going to be kind of fun for me. Uh, hallelujah. And then um, the next week, Kent, Pastor Kent and team, are gonna have, we're going to have a very special Christmas service be a concert and Christmas service there. Uh, that'll be on the 23rd. And then uh, on the 30th, we're having a year's end worship service. So lots of different things coming up there that 
But our message, let's get into the word today. A title that we'd have would be Experiencing God's Grace. Experiencing God's Grace. And the summary could be when God's grace abounds to us through knowing God and his great salvation for us, which comes through his son Jesus, we will experience great hope and we will be able to live in victory. Even in the, in the times when, when things are hard, I know like this week for, for me as a pastor with all those that I mentioned earlier and there are other, some others too, just going through hard times in life, you know, and, you know, and each individual, it's, it's, it's not been an easy week. And uh, I'm sure others of you can relate to that. There's times that especially seem that way. Let's look at 2 Peter 1, 2, which we've seen before, but and then I have an insertion in brackets there. Grace and peace be multiplied or increased and abound to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So grace increases and abounds to us, and it's multiplied to us, as we know God more and more through his word. As we get to experience his life in us and of Jesus our Lord. That's how we abound in grace. And grace, God's grace, it brings hope. To us as believers, it brings us hope. You know, can you imagine life without hope? Um, especially when, when you're going through challenging times or hard times. Can you imagine life without hope? Um, Joyce and I were watching a movie, I think it was a Hallmark movie. That's our major movie thing at this time in our lives. Hallmark movies. Yeah, a Christmas movie, I think it was. And a man had spoken words of encouragement and hope to someone who was very discouraged with current things going on in, in their life. And then later on, another person said to him, you shouldn't encourage people like that. You might give them false hope. And he, his reply really stood out to me. He says, well, what would life be like without hope? Well, grace gives us hope in life. It gives us hope when we're going through trials and pressures. And grace gives us hope when the enemy lies and tells us that we're not going to make it. Or when he tries to make us think that we're just not good enough to whatever, you know, to, to make a good grade in this class or to uh, paint this house. I don't know where that came from. Or, you know, whatever we're doing, whatever might be there, you're just not good enough to fulfill this employ or this job to do it the way you're supposed to or this new project. Or, But as believers, we know that in our own strength, 
an ability we often cannot make it through some situations. And we know that the things that we face in life sometimes are insurmountable. Many things. But in the Lord, we have the supernatural hope that through God's power, His wisdom, His ability, we are going to make it. We are going to do well. Through Christ, we will be victorious. Godly hope is a confident expectation of good. Devilish fear is a dreadful anticipation of bad. Let's go for godly hope. That confident expectation of good. Amen? Instead of what the devil has for us. A dread, fear and dread of bad things. And with godly hope, there is an abiding inner knowing that everything's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. The Holy Spirit in us brings hope. He brings a hope that, and it's a knowing that's going to be okay. And this hope gives us encouragement and sustaining strength concerning what lies ahead for us. And this is speaking to us, speaking to you this morning for what's lying ahead for you. Maybe in this day, maybe it's in this week, whatever it is. And it brings us peace in regards to the future of ourselves, individually, but our families, our children, our loved ones. It does that. The redeeming work of Jesus, when it is known and received personally, brings that hope to us. It brings hope that we can live as overcomers in this life, not undergoers in this life. I have a lot of things I'm putting up on the screen here this morning because I want you to see them. Some of you are visual, you grasp it visually. But even for the rest of us, these are statements. The ones I put up here are ones that we just want to soak in, so we have them up on the screen. When we know and experience God's grace for ourselves, we can live free from the burden of guilt and condemnation that Satan desires to keep us trapped in. And that's exactly what his desire is, to keep us trapped in guilt and condemnation. I'm talking about even believers, Christians. Particularly believers and Christians can have that. Where we're just ensnared in guilt and condemnation. And when we know that God's blessing, his favor, his protection, his provision come to us by grace and not by our works, it gives us hope. I'm going to read that again. When we know that God's blessing, favor, protection, and provision come to us by grace and not by our works, it gives us hope. 
All of his salvation comes that way. Here's another one for the screen. This hope in God and his word leads us to faith, which is the substance of things hoped for. That substance. My side margin of my Bible says realization. We realize it. And this faith in God and what he has said in his word, it leads us to wholeness, completeness, and shalom peace in our lives for the very things that we face daily. It helps us in that way. What we must realize is that we simply cannot earn God's blessing, his favor, protection, and provision. We can't earn it. We can't earn those things or be good enough or righteous enough in ourselves to be able to deserve them. That would not only be difficult, it would be impossible for us in ourselves to deserve them. And that would be that would be what we would call work-based righteousness, being right before God because of what we do. And you know, the truth is, that continues throughout our life. That's not just up until we become a Christian, that's after we become a Christian too. We don't earn anything or deserve anything from God afterwards because of our Perfection in ourself or righteousness based on our works. In God's economy, works based righteousness is worthless. It's worthless. The only one, an emphasis on only one, who could earn it for us was the perfect God, man, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself. You know, 1 Timothy 2, and we're looking at verses 5 and 6 here, it says, for there is one, say one, one God, and one mediator between God and, man, and humanity. Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself he gave himself that first Christmas gift. His father gave him, and he gave himself. He gave himself a ransom for all, a redeemer for all, a ransom note, a ransom price. He paid it. For who? For all. That's including our, our family members, our loved ones, people we know in the workplace or at school or wherever it is, in our communities that do not know him yet. They need to know about this grace. That it's not they that are earning forgiveness and acceptance by God, but it's all through Jesus. It's all through him. A ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. 
Jesus came at the proper time in history. I'm really glad I'm living after he came. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, this time of history. And you see, now we are given the opportunity to be, we are his ambassadors to the world around us in the days that we have here on this earth, however many those are. We are his ambassadors to bring this truth to the people. And it's not by our own works and effort that we can please God and receive salvation or these people that we're praying for or desiring would come to know him. And don't give up on people. Don't give up on them. Keep planting the seed. Keep planting the prayers. No, it's not what we've done. It's by the righteous works of Jesus. Our salvation, it is a gift from God. And it's not paid for by us. It's not merited by us. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, most of you are probably familiar with, for by grace, that's unmerited favor and blessing, you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Those works have already been fulfilled. Those works have already been fulfilled on our behalf by Jesus. The price for our sins has already been paid by Jesus on the cross. It's already done. And those are the sins that where we mess up even today. My guess is that some of us have sinned. Many of, probably of us have missed it somewhere today already in some way. May not in a deed. Maybe it was in a thought. Maybe it was in a word. But Jesus has paid for them all. And the truth is it's the past, present, and future. And it's not by our works that we're forgiven. It's by His. Yes, even the future ones. See, that's where the enemy gets a lot of Christians in condemnation. Because we still do tend to miss it. We do tend to miss it. But He wants us to know that they're paid for. He has already paid for them. We were at Green Mill Restaurant this summer, Joyce and I having, I forget what we had that day, but anyway, having some lunch. And we asked the waiter for the bill, and the waiter said to us, well, I am happy to inform you that the bill has already been paid for by someone else. And that was nice. And I didn't try to pay the waiter on top of what had already been paid. I just received it. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> it was already paid. Spiritually speaking, we had a debt that we simply could not pay. And because of sin, we were under condemnation. And the sentence was death, now and forever. Death is separation. It's spiritual death. It's separation from God 
and all that he is. That's what death is. It's separation from God. It's separation from what he is. It's separation from joy. It's separation from love. It's separation from peace. But in the eyes of God, we have already received the punishment. We've already received our judgment on the cross with Jesus. Like the song we sing this morning, we'll never know how much it cost. We'll never really be able to tell, probably, how much it cost, the price of Jesus dying for us on the cross. But the judgment has already taken place. Hallelujah! So now, the ability and strength to live this life on the earth in victory as our Heavenly Father desires for us to live comes through the power of the Spirit of God who lives within us. That's where it comes from. And we do not live in victory by our own effort now. Not by our own effort. It's by Him coming through us. Doesn't that give you hope? Our part today is to know this and to see this and to choose to believe it. Our part is to believe in Jesus our Savior and by grace receive from Him the gift of righteousness and know it each day. Yes, even 20 years after we became a Christian and not get back under condemnation that we are totally right before God by grace through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we are declared righteous or right before God. We're declared that by Almighty God. And through Jesus, we are accepted. Say accepted. Accepted. We're accepted by our Heavenly Father, and we are free to be in His presence. In His presence, we can come to the Father now through Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, but through him we come to the Father. And when we're functioning in works righteousness, we strive and we strain hard to change in order to be good enough to be accepted by God. It's hard work when we do it in our own self. Doing this, we always fall short and we bring ourselves to spiritual exhaustion. And it can be mental exhaustion and emotional exhaustion and even physical exhaustion in ourself. So we need to stop doing that. When we receive righteousness by grace because of what Jesus has done for us, we have forgiveness. We have it. Now. So you don't have to get it. You have it. I have it. By grace, we also have the declaration from our Father God of being accepted through Jesus' sacrifice. This righteousness, the true righteousness, not works righteousness, not works based, but this true righteousness is ours through faith. And after we have received this abundance of grace 
works of righteousness begin to come forth in our lives. Now note this good. They are works of righteousness, not works for righteousness. And there is a huge difference in the two. See that? They're works of righteousness that come forth from God within us, really. Not for righteousness. And our life is to be a life of rest in Christ Jesus and his finished work for us. It's time to rest from our own efforts and then to enjoy Jesus. When you and I are living in victory through Jesus Christ, the devil is losing in regards to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your true righteousness that comes to us by grace and through faith. And Lord, seal this to our hearts today. Just bring it in and seal it strong. We know we need to be reminded of this. And seal it strong in our hearts, imprinted by the brand of your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're going to do kind of a transition here now. We're going to, in a few minutes, we're going to have a brief meeting for the congregation to affirm the sale of a piece of property. And it's a piece of property that was... Uh, given to the church by Bill and Donna Wasco. And many of you, I'm sure, remember Donna Wasco. She attended church here quite regularly. But she passed away, I think it's two, it'll be, it's like over two years now. And, uh, but she always, you know, we had contacts, some of you, a number of you had contacts with her husband, Bill. They lived not too far from here. I know Mark Ventassel was one that had a lot of contact there. I know Bill mentioned Jimmy, Jimmy Wiley, and some others. I can't remember just who all. But there's uh, helping them with things on their property there and uh, with their home and such, with plumbing and whatever. But uh, <clears throat> Donna would always ask us to pray for Bill and that he would come to know the Lord. And he was very resistant. I mean, there just wasn't an open door there at all. I know personally myself, in talking to him, at first, for many years, he wasn't even open to prayer. You know, can I pray, before, pray for you before I leave or end a conversation on the phone or something? And you could tell there was a real reluctance even with that. And this has probably been 20 years or more that many of you, I know, have been praying for him. And uh, 
I've got just some wonderful news for you. And I asked Bill for his permission to share this with you, that on uh, October 16, Bill took that first baby step of receiving Jesus as his Savior. And uh, he's, a, he's a believer. He made that decision. He decided to believe. He had a lot of questions about a lot of stuff. But he took the first step. He was ready to do that. And the Lord is, is he's growing already. And uh, in fact, this book was in my box. Mark Ventasla had been up there this week to see him. And it's a note from Mark that says, this is from Bill. I actually talked to Bill yesterday on the phone, and he said that he had read this book that we had left there, Heaven is for Real, the story about the little boy, you know, that died and went to heaven and came back again, and he had just finished this book. And he says, you know what? And this is how he put it. He said, I lucked upon, that mo I lucked upon the movie. <laughs> <laughs> on our TV, in the, in the, he's in the Kellier uh, Cornerstone residence. And uh, of course, we know it was divine intervention that got him to, he saw the movie. And, uh, but then he's, he told me yesterday, he said, well, he wanted me to, us to get it back so we could pass it on to someone else. But uh, he says, pardon me for saying it, but, well, he, first he said this, he says one of the favorite parts he had in the movie was when the little boy saw a picture that was a drawing that, or a painting that a young girl had done of Jesus. And he says, that's what Jesus looks like. He said that was the favorite part of the movie in the book for me when that little boy saw that picture. And I think for Bill, it just brought a connection there of, of Jesus. And he says... Pardon me, he says, but Jesus looked kind of like a hippie on there, on that picture. <laughs> I says, well, he probably did have long hair. I mean, you know, our, our ideas, you know, and you, you could just see this little baby taking these first steps in the Lord, you know, <laughs> and growing. And he had sent me a, he's, I, and I keep telling him, you have a family now, because he doesn't have a family. He has one brother left. Eugene, I believe it is, but uh, out in Pennsylvania. But I said, you do have a family now. I said, you have a church family in Tenstrike. And uh, I can tell that really makes him feel good. But he's, he sent uh, a thing for me to read a few of these for you. He said, these are hymn suggestions. Uh, so hymn suggestions. This is the dentist hymn. Crown him with many crowns. <laughs> and the weatherman's hymn, There shall be showers of blessing. The tailor's hymn, Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> <clears throat> the IRS agent's hymn, I surrender all. <laughs> and the gossip's hymn, Pass it on. And the shopper's hymn, which is appropriate for this time of year, the sweet buy and buy. <laughs> so, so those are some things from a new brother in, in Christ 
And like I say, that was over 20 years. And it was, seemed so hard, you know, that crest, that the enemy had the blinders and such. But don't give up on the people you're believing for. Do not give up on them. Um, we're going to put up, Anthony, could you put up that address there? This is Bill Wasco's, Wasco's address uh, there at, uh, in Kellier. If you'd like to send him a card, like a Christmas card, or, or even thank them for the gift of that property, that would be very appropriate too. But I have something here. It's a copy of what Bill wrote out. He, um, he said, I, William D. Wasco, desire that any monies from the sale of my property be given to the Ten Strike Community Church for any purpose they desire. I further request that Donna, wife, and my remains be spread over the graves of our beloved dogs. Finally, any monies we leave our gifts to the church from the sale of the property, William D. Waskow. And he also wanted me to share with you uh, just holiday greetings uh, from him. And so that is there. And then I have one more thing that I'll just read, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Kent here to... Uh, to lead us through this confirmation process. Um, as we mentioned the past four weeks, there's a piece of property that Bill and Donna Waska lived on, which they gave to TCC in 2008. Donna now resides in heaven, and Bill has moved off the property and lives in a care facility in Kellier. Bill has requested that the property be sold at this time and the funds from the sale go to TCC. He has already requested that the sale be to a particular individual at an already specified price. According to Minnesota State Law, Statute 315.12, the sale of the church-owned real estate requires a confirmation slash vote from the members giving the elders and deacons the go-ahead to transact the sale. Immediately following this service regularly, and that'll be just in a moment here now, uh, regular attendees, attenders here at TCC who have made this their home church are welcome to stay here in the sanctuary to do this. Others will be free to go for a coffee fellowship in the fellowship hall. So if you're a regular attender and would like to be a part of this, you're welcome to stay and to just be a part of it. So I'm going to turn it over now. Do we have a mic there yet? Uh, is it up here? Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is just kind of a formality, I think, that we are going through to come confirm the desires and the wishes of Bill. And we can do this just with a verbal acclamation that we are all in agreement. And if we do have any that are not, then we would proceed with a ballot vote as well. 
And so with this being announced for the past actually five weeks, we've talked about it in, in accordance with that state um, statute, 315.12, I believe you said, to be uh, correct and accurate about it. We are proceeding in the sale of this property, and all we have to do is say all in agreements, say yay. Any opposed? All right, so with that, we as a congregation confirm the sale of this piece of property, and we want to pass the thanks if we could send cards or whatever to Bill in appreciation for that. And we just trust that God will use the, the funds to bring glory to his name. So with that, let's uh, have a time of fellowship, give each other a hug, and tell one another you love them. And, and is there prayer for people? If there's a prayer team, if you like prayer, please come up. Thank you.